ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Bifiga podcast. My name is Alfredo. With me tonight, as always, up in Canada, Dave de Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? Hey, good to be back on uh, this week. Much better week, I believe, uh, for everybody's mental states here in uh, Benfica land. So uh, good to be back on. Yeah. How are sure. you guys doing? My other, my other counterpart is here also, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que hey, é, what's going on, guys? Glad to be back. For another episode yeah certainly a, a a much uh better mood heading into the into this episode right we have often talked about here where um sometimes it was hard to come in and turn on these mics and, and talk benfica just because of uh some of what we have seen uh some of the depressing stuff but it, it looked things look to be on an up and up and uh, i'm not just talking about um making the Europa League, which we'll we'll get into a little bit, but um I'm talking about just the way Benfica has performed. Um just putting out the strongest lineup week in, week out, and just we're we're seeing there's been adjustments, there's been tweaks that have been made by Laj that are, are working. And if it's working, don't try to fix it. All right everybody Uh, thanks for listening to Big Figure Podcast. We'll talk to you. <laughs> I mean, yo, you pretty much just rounded up everything and like gave it away. I'm, can we let the listeners anticipate? Can we like you know break them in and have that that the anticipation? Of, of, of But you just rounded it all up, guys. It's on the up and up. Uh, I, thank I, you very much for tuning in, and hope you tune in again next week. I gave the footnotes. Yeah, but it's, that's like that's what I read. Footnotes. What do you yeah. call cliff the, notes? Call cliff notes. Yeah. Cliff notes. <laughs> That's the type of that's that's what I write so, right to the back of the book. And. <laughs> so anyway, here's what we got for you this week. Uh, episode 345 is where we're at. We'll look uh, at the Bovista uh, the Bovista game. We'll also look at match day six, final game of the group stages of the of the Champions League. I almost said Europa League. Uh, that's where my mind is already against Zenit, and we'll look ahead to. Uh, a match against the Cinderella team of the Liga Nos so far this season, Famalicão at Stade Luz this coming Saturday. Um, let's get right into this Boavista game. If you could travel up north, actually, they didn't travel up north. Mm. They had stayed up north after the Covilhão game, stayed at the Serra. Uh, <laughs> we could we could edit that out, Cristiano. No worries. Stayed at the Serra. Uh, and then traveled to, to port was a short travel. Well, it wasn't short travel. I don't know. Don't talk to me about Portuguese geography. That's that's it's a good Steve. Minutes yeah, hour. yeah. I, I would say so. Cristiano is uh, well versed in, in traveling, those, especially in on those, those winding roads, on those roads in the mountains of Serra da Estrela. You know, I don't. I don't think a bus and a car could pass at the same time. So it's kind of like people taking turns. I probably took them a little bit longer. Cristiano, what's that? That joke uh, that we often say about uh, that there was Englishmen that were building the roads in Portugal, and every time the guy said, uh, make another turn or, or uh, uh, go straight, I'll make another turn. And the guy would say, yes. So you would just make another turn. That's a, I, you're asking me about a joke I've never heard about, but there, yeah. there's a joke. I'm sorry. There's a joke. And maybe, uh, maybe Ricard, Ricard Antunes, he's our fact checker. Yes, he's yes. always catching us that's on uh, on on slip ups. That's my man. Because got to put but that's my man. <laughs> I'm sorry that we can't always be correct with our things, uh, and we we hope that with Dave being here, he could fact check us. But Dave's he's, just as bad as us. The only sad yeah. thing is that is, is that uh, what's his name? Uh, Ricardo, Ricardo Antunes. That, that's I know. No, I'm, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about somebody else. But now you're talking about Ricardo. The only bad thing is that he uh, he doesn't fact check Benfica. He should fact check them a little bit more. You know, he's a little. He doesn't want fact uh, yeah, Benfica's official yeah, Twitter or something. No, he's he's a homer, a little bit of a homer. But I, I love him. I love him. Yeah, he's always catching a slipping. Yeah, slipping or sleeping. <laughs> Maybe both. 
It could be both. <laughs> All right. Uh, starting lineup for this Boa Vista game. Vlaco Limos in goal. Tomás Tavares, Dias, Ferro and Grimaldo. Tarap and Gabriel in the middle, which seems to uh, be the, the winning combination uh, so far for, for Laje up until this point. Pizzi on one side, Servi on the uh, other side, Chiquinho and Vinicius up front. Tomás Tavares, of course, uh, playing for André Almeida as André Almeida has picked up an injury and has been sidelined. Uh, it seems that he, he's he's been battling with some injuries. Ever since uh, preseason, André Almeida hasn't has yet to be at 100%, uh, hoping that he uh, that he gets healthy soon. I'm sure Cristiano misses him. Uh, but Tomás Tavares played this game. Um, Bessa is never an, an easy... Uh, stadium to to play in for for any team um but the, the the one thing that i wanted to say before we start talking about the game is the away support and especially on one of those stands was was very impressive you could you could hear it very very loud and the way that the uh, stadio do Bessa is is built it's like an old style english football I like pitch it. I, like it. Uh, i really I, i like it too I, i've been there uh a couple times now Uh, and I, I really uh, enjoyed the, the way it's set up. But those stands, the way they're set up acoustically, they keep the sound in. Keep the sound in. Absolutely. There's no openings anywhere. And it's like you got the roof over covering them. And, um, you know, it does a great job of keeping the sound in. So it's fantastic to see the Benfica once again, who for some reason or another seem to be louder on the road than they are at home. But that's another conversation for another day. I'm not going to get into it. But it was just great to see this. Well, that's because you don't have the maybe the fact that you don't have the cheerleaders. Now uh, somebody's got to cheer for the team and it's going to be in the stands. Uh, but yes, I mean, that's often been said that uh, away support is usually um, hotter, more powerful, more, passionate. Uh, more vocal, more passionate than at Stade Luz. Uh, I remember when we were in Portugal and we were talking to João Manel. The one thing they always kept saying, you guys got to come to a to an away game. You guys got to come but, to an away but, game. But, but meaning, but they meant like a Champions League. They, no, they, they, uh, they, not they, even so. I, I, I've yeah, they they've always at least maybe to you different, but I've always took it as they were kept telling us you have to go to an away game, meaning outside the country, yeah. an international game, a Champions League game, a Europa League. That's what they were for. Well, I would to. think it would be the the same type, but in Portugal, then you'd get a bigger following. Uh, while away, you might get 15,000, 2,000 people in Europe. In Portugal, you get a lot more. And certainly, it seemed a lot more. A whole stand on one of the ends of the Stadio Bessa was all Benfica But fans. it's always like that. Yeah. It's always like that at Could the Bessa. Be. I mean, just if you look back and you think back to the game where Jonas scored at like the last minute of the game to give us the, the, the win and eventually the title, that whole stand was packed. And it was always that stand behind the goal, one of the goals, and it seems to be that one. It just seems like it's reserved for the Benfica clocks for the traveling fans. But nonetheless, it was great to see. Uh, fantastic job by our brothers. And, uh, you know, very happy to listen to that support on TV. It makes the game a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. So decent start by Benfica in the first half, uh, getting on a scoreboard in the 34th minute uh, with Vinicius grabbing an, another goal, assist from... Is his counterpart? It seems that these guys love to feed them, feed each other. Pizzi uh, fed them, um, but the half wouldn't end until uh, until Boa Vista scored the the equalizer, and uh, Benfica scored the goal. Boa Vista then um, ca responded to Benfica scoring a goal and ended up getting a, a, a goal uh, before the half. Uh, second half, uh, right in the fifty third minute. Uh, Servi, and we don't say this name a lot, got a feed from, from Vinicius, uh, and it was 2-1 for Benfica. 62nd minute, 3-1. Again, Vinicius uh, with the feed from uh, Grimaldo. And I think this this actually was taken away officially uh, by the league, uh, this another goal, one? because was it this game or was it another game? No, no I think it was they, this game. No, the one they took this goal was the game previous when he scored two and really a th third, but they took it away and they said it was only two. That was Alfredo, you're definitely shocked. Ricardo Antunes is not going to let me go on that's this one. We'll send un picado after. That was the previous game. They, that was against Maritimu. That was an own goal that took away his hat trick. Yes. Sorry about that. You're good. Credit to Vinicius. Ricardo. <laughs> Grimaldo uh, with the assist. Uh, really, 
a very good second half uh, by Benfica. And you don't mention Gabriel. Espera aí, espera aí, já lavou. A good uh, second half by Benfica pressing and dispossessing uh, Boa Vista. Uh, and, and for the most part, Benfica remained in, in control of, uh, of the game and uh, we would finally get the, the fourth goal by Gabriel uh, ending the game. Uh, a header by Gabriel. He doesn't usually score a lot of headers. He's usually outside shot. Well, this is actually the, the second goal for, for Gabriel, right, Dave? Second goal in his uh, Benfica career, first one in league competition, because the previous one had come against uh, Sporting, against the uh, for the Tassa, uh, the Portugal last uh, season. So, uh, yeah, this is his first uh, league goal. Yeah. If you guys were paying attention, we should be expecting another one of those uh, halftime pregnancy talks because he celebrated with the ball on their shirt. Uh, I'm assuming his wife's pregnant. So everybody's sharing uh, pregnancy news in the locker room. And uh, Vinicius, uh, Vinicius also did a celebration, uh, baby celebration as well before that uh, too. So uh, just uh, grand, yeah, grand machinage in the uh, in the locker room there. That's, that's that's great leadership by the coach. So when, but here's the thing, right? In the post conference, uh, or actually the, the not the post conference, but before the game, oh, it was one of the conferences. Lasha <laughs> said that the, the one advice that he gave the forwards was to watch the the canal panda, which is uh, was that serious? I thought that was a joke. I thought that was that. But that. with so many babies. These guys should be they, getting used to should. watching the Canal Panda, right? I mean, look, it's in a way, it's good. It's good because what's going to happen is now it makes makes you as a daddy you want you want to be home around your kid, and the coach is happy that you're not out and about, you know, late nights because you're going to be home with your dad with your kids. So I look, it it settles guys down. So it's not the worst thing to have. Everybody's taking uh, Laj's uh, advice and getting it, getting their significant as other. I said, that's uh, that's pregnant. great leadership. Great leadership. It's got to be something though. Some water. They got to do some testing on the water there at the in uh, you know, the Stade de Luz. Everybody's all uh, getting their uh, counts up pretty high. How could you get your pupils to follow you if you can't lead by example? Follow me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna show you how it's done. And they followed it. And, you know, so far, everyone's been successful. They can score. They, they can definitely can score. score off the field. <laughs> Couple of things that I that I wanted to mention before we move on from this uh, Bovista game. First of all, lots and lots of fouls by uh, Bovista just to break up Benfica's momentum, just to break up uh, um, Benfica's play. And, and I didn't uh, look up how many yellow cards were dished out that game. Maybe Dave, you could you could jump in there real quick. Uh, but lots and lots of fouls. And and look, any team which Lito Vidigal as a coach is always going to be a physical oh, team. When he was at, when he was at uh, Stubble, Stubble, it was like 100 fouls a game. It's, he, was, he, he said, é um jogo de machos. É um jogo de machos. Stubble é uma terra de machos. That's what he said. Yeah, that's where uh, I'm from. He's absolutely right. I, well, I can't say all of me, but half. Half. That is from Stubble. <laughs> like, I agree. Dave, four, four cards each for each team, so a grand total of uh, eight team, uh, eight cards there. But yeah, especially with a guy like uh, Ricardo Costa, who always gets up to uh, play against Benfica, he's always up uh, with uh, being physical in his dirty tricks. He comes from uh, up north there, so yeah. expect See, nothing less from him. This is why I don't let you talk. This is why I talk all the time because you stole my thunder. I was going to say my fate. I was waiting for you to finish. Uh, Alfredo and I was I was gonna tell you guys that my favorite part about this game was seeing him get subbed off and walking around the field with Mazayu Carago. You know, my man, he was not happy. Yeah, I love that was, finger. He, well, yeah, of course he act like you know George Zeus scratching his forehead type of thing. But that was my favorite part of the game, just to see that sob walking off. Um, yeah, I, I mean, in, in the 75th minute, uh, you know, I was watching the game and, and Sport TV uh, threw up the the stat of the fouls. And it was 14 fouls for Boavista, nine fouls for Benfica uh, right there. So, you know, it, it's confirmed my feeling. And as I was watching the game, this is way, way too many fouls. And most likely out of those 14, seven were fouls because in the Portuguese league, you sneeze on someone and it's a card. So, I mean, it's tiki-taka. Um, not the biggest fan of referees. I think they should let the guys play a little bit more. But nonetheless, as you said, plenty of fouls to go around for everybody. Let's talk about somebody who is emerging as uh, a bit of a surprise. Uh, and I'm talking about Servi. Did you know that uh, it's you, the Argentinas say Cervi? Cervi. Yeah, because they everything they attach a H Cervi. To, to the C. Um, 
but but here's a guy, right? That uh, but they say la concha. <laughs> La concha tu madre. They say they don't, they don't say la choncha tu madre. You know what I mean? It's well, a hard C. <laughs> but uh, here's a guy that has been on the wings. Uh, hasn't been necessarily the first choice for a starter. Uh, with Rafa's emergence, he obviously got relegated to the bench. But here's a guy that's making uh, the best of his chances. And look, he's not the flashiest guy. He works very, very hard, both on the offensive end and on the defensive end. Perhaps more of a defensive presence than an offensive presence. But he grabbed the goal in this game uh, and grabbed the goal against Zenit. Certainly, things are, are, are looking up for him. And certainly, all the hard work and the patience that he's put in is paying off. Yeah, I mean, look, credit to the guy for keeping a positive attitude when not many things were going well for him, right? He wasn't getting many opportunities. Now he's been given the opportunity, and 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 he's done the best he could with it. That being said, I find it really difficult to digest when, you know, the thing you praise about a guy is his effort level. I mean, look, we're talking about Benfica, a club that is amongst the biggest clubs in the world. And when your biggest attribute is that you have a huge heart and you hustle on the field, it's a little bit hard to swallow. But again, we look, said that about Ether. Remember, remember Ether? He, he never played for Benfica. No, but in the national team. Remember when we used to talk about Ether? And, I don't and I, how, never, uh, I, I talked about Ether one time. It was a shot he took. No. <laughs> he came back on defense to oh, do, yes, do yes. a slide tackle. Yeah, yes. That was that was his great. And then he turned around. I think it was the same game. He turned around and scored at the game winning goal, I, I think, I believe. But nonetheless, look, man. Um Credit to the guy for keeping a positive attitude. Absolutely. Uh, with Rafa being out, there is not many more options on this team. That speaks more to the quality of the roster than it does to anything else. I think if Benfica had uh, better options, not the Caio Lucases of the world. Jota, I was going to ask you that. Jota is not ready at this moment. I think Jota should go out on loan and, and play every day and kind of get the rust out. Um, he's obviously the next guy in line. So, Credit to him again for for being positive and credit to him for working, but I I you know Benfica I think they need better quality. Cristiano, hopefully next year they they'll. they'll, they'll if you strengthen. competed on a two aside tournament and you had two guys to choose, you had Kyle Lucas and and Chervi, Which one do you pick? Am I playing? You would be the other half. Oh, I'd pick him. I'd pick Chervi because I'm never getting back on defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. I'm never tracking back. I'm just, I lose the ball, I walk. Let him do the dirty. I was said, Pasaki. Right. And, but and, now, if I'm playing, if I'm picking someone to play in the two aside, I'm picking Caio Lucas. He's got more ability. More Jenga? He's got, yeah, he's got more on one on one ability. But unfortunately, it's, you know, can't put it together. Yeah. And, and look, if, if you're looking at it uh, from a global perspective, as you look at this team, right? And when I say global, I mean the team as a whole. Um, if on one side of the midfield you got Pizzi, which he's very dynamic, he shows up in different areas of the field. But if on one side you got Pizzi, which is a guy that's not very well known for tracking, even if not such as that, a little a uh, little hit at him saying that he doesn't like to run and, and track back. On the other side, you have that balance uh, within Cervi but that, you don't. that he gives. But you. stop with that, man. You have that because Rafa's injured. No, 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 but He's I'm only saying playing Rafa's in, in a way to balance the team. But to balance what team? So when Rafa comes back, how do you balance the team? You don't. You're going to play Rafa. You don't, right. So, but, but you got, on one side, you got one guy that doesn't track back in PT. And you have Rafa who's not going to track back. Well, they, they do enough. They get behind the ball. Yeah. But uh, on the other side, you got a guy that's ultra offensive and in, in Grimaldo likes to get uh, up in uh, the higher areas of the pitch. And now you have another guy that could double him up and, and safeguard him on defense in, in Chervi. What, what I'm saying is that, do, say do, that those two kind of you want me to praise, kind of you want, you want me to praise each the other in it, terms of the defensive effort. But it's it's because it's necessary now because there's no one else to play there. Once Rafa gets back, all your Jenga gets thrown out the window. Like it's no, bro. On a two aside tournament, yeah. <laughs> If you had to pick between Chervi and uh, and Kabsudu, who would you pick? Jota. Oh, come on, dude. Jota all day. You pick Jota over Chervi. All, all day. Who's tracking back on that team? Chucky. Not, not Chervi. Chucky. Chervi. <laughs> Chucky. 
Come on, Jota, bro. Come on, stop. Jota's got, and who's, Jota's who's got tracking crazy. back? We don't need to track back. Me and we'll score all day. <laughs> Nobody can get the ball away from us. Jota is crazy talented, bro. He just he's green. Jota needs to play. He, he should be loaned out for a year and then come back next year. He comes back, Maj Maduro, and he'll definitely play. The kid is special. Do you think that's what's missing? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I've said this, I've said this to, 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 to many people, and I get it. They're not the same players, not whatever, but I compare the the Juan Felix and Jota uh tandem to uh Cristiano Ronaldo and Quaresma, where you know not saying that Felix is well, not the same talented, generation, but no, no, not saying that he's not talented because he is talented, just like Ronaldo. Ronaldo could do a lot of fancy stuff, but he chooses to play simple and he he picks when to well, Ronaldo's a show off, but at least when Ronaldo's at his best, he picks and choose. Same thing with Felix. Felix picks his moments when it's time to be flashy or time to just get shit done, right? And Jota doesn't know how to do the same thing with Quaresma. It's like Quaresma had better ball skills than Ronaldo. But Ronaldo's way more successful successful because he was able, like I said, to differentiate the two the, the situation and be productive. Juan Felix, same thing. But I think Jota is even more talented and, and more skillful than Juan Felix. But he just hasn't learned how to give up the ball. I think he takes one touch too many at times. He has a simple touch. He's got to make it, you know, he's got to make it difficult. Um but again, I still think the world of him. I do think that he has all the tools to be an exceptional player, but I think he needs to play. I, I, he needs to play where he makes those mistakes over and over and over. And then a coach could go to video and say, look, man, your way ain't working. Let it go, you know, a touch earlier. And then all of a sudden he starts, the light goes off and he starts seeing the game and understanding the game. Right. And then he comes back and he's because that Benfica doesn't have the he doesn't have the luxury of going out there and committing mistake after because Benfica can't Benfica has to. Be productive game after game after game. Try to go for the win. They can't afford to be out there letting Putus go and develop. So I think the best thing for him, and at this point, too, my boy Jetson, who I love, super nice guy, needs to go to a club and rotate. Just play. Just go play. We're going to go off on a on a Jota tangent here, and I'm, I'm because I'm, I'm curious about this this question, and, and I'll, I'll set it up. I'll, I'm curious to see what, what your thoughts are, right? So Jota comes into Benfica's uh, A team fresh off being tied for one of the best players in what the, the U17 well, Jota, or Jota, Jota came <clears throat> he made the he made the team out of camp, but he didn't make the team. He was basically he got really promoted once Lodge took over. So yeah, that year they won the Euro 19. Yeah, beat Italy. He was the leading goal scorer player. The, Top the of guy, the world. The guy was at phenomenal. His age. Yes, at his age. He comes to Benfica. Benfica's got too many with, options with that in his bag, right? And and let's 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 just scrap away that that first season, the season after he came back from that. The second year. season with Laj. That's this year when he finally made his 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 move. It's now. Uh, now last year he was already he would he had been promoted during the winter. That was last year, so this is his first full his season. first full season. Yeah, you you talk I'm, like I'm, three seasons. How much do you think um, the fact that? He has that on his ego, and I'm not saying that he's a guy that's that's an egomaniac, of course, but the fact that he was considered one of the best players at his age, um, does that play into the fact that, you know, I'm going to do what's been successful for me, which yeah. is that one-on-one skills, and rather than, or is he going through a humbling experience I think currently? You need, I, need, I think you need to have that attitude if you're going to be successful at this level, right? You're going to say, look, it got me here. I'm going to stick to the things I know. But then there's the tactical side of things, and that's when coaching comes in. And and not saying that he doesn't understand tactics, but at this level, his ability alone is not going to be enough to win. He needs to be a team player. And as I said, he needs to learn when to give it up. He needs to learn when to take up an opposition one-on-one, right? And it just seems that he's lacking in that department. He's not – I think there's a lot of times he has a simple pass and he wants to take an extra step, an extra touch. And then by the time he tries to come back, that 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 hole's been covered already. You know what I mean? And then, he, he you know, he loses the ball or he makes a bad pass. And then, obviously, people start getting concerned and booing. And then on top of it, man, he has the pressure of living up to that, you know, to, 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 to that name of being Jota. And then you got on one side Rafa, you got on the other side PZ. It's not easy. He's a young kid still who, as I've said 20 times here so far, 
He's very green, super, super talented, but he's very green. And I don't think he's going to get the time necessary to develop at Benfica right now. They're not going to give it to him unless they're force feeding him. And it's not going to happen because, as I've said, Benfica has pressure to win every game. I think he needs to go all alone. And if he if he F's up, he F's up. And it's okay. You know what I mean? Less Do better impactful. next time. Absolutely. You'll get better next time. You know what I mean? You learn from your mistakes. He just doesn't have the time at Benfica to commit those mistakes over and over where he could be corrected and taught and make them see it on video. It's just not going to be enough. On a two-a-side tournament, Cristiano, who do you take, Jota or Zivkovic? It's a good one. Because Zivkovic is going to defend more than Jota. Not that much, but he will. But uh, right now, I, look. I, Let I, me ask I you this: say, Who would, who would match your playing style better? Zikovic. Zikovic, when he's playing in the middle. Yeah, but so, but I but uh, you know, I whatever. I shot more. You know what I mean? Whatever. I have more goal. You know what I mean? But whatever. I'm not gonna come. Whatever. Listen, uh, João Felix. I didn't ask you about Juan Felix. Juan Felix. I think you would take Juan Felix over anyone. Oh, yeah. Juan in Felix. the world. No, not in the would world. Would you take... <laughs> who, who would you... If you had to pick somebody to play on a 2v2 uh, tournament with you, who would you pick? W what is your number one top pick? I'm not a fan of his off the field, but come on. Lionel Messi, man. That guy is, you know what I mean? Messi, that guy's going to make me look. He's going to, I'm going to stand in a corner. He's going to shoot her off of me, ping pong, like off back of my head. And like, he's going to make me look good. Like that. Come on. Messi is, Messi's a God. He's not the greatest of all time in my book, but Messi's a God. Come Dave. on. You can't, that's unfair. If oh, you look, I thought, I thought uh, Chris was going to say his boy Tarap. I'm really disappointed that he didn't say Tarap as his suicide player. Love Tarap. Love that up. I would love to just kick it around with him as I did with Rui Costa. But come on, dude. Cristiano. You said anyone. I mean, come on. <laughs> Dave, who would you pick on a two aside, dude? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe let's just say Ronaldo is the, the easy answer there. But uh, I don't know. That's a, a good question. Cristiano? Yeah. God forbid you lose the ball. He's going to get mad. Are you <laughs> That's okay. We're winning. We score the goals. We win. Don't worry. It's all about the results. Cristiano, here's another question for you. On a meg competition, who wins, Tarapt uh, or Messi? Tarapt. Tarapt, easy. And Messi's all right in that department. But Tarapt, Tarapt. Look, that guy is known as Mr. Cueca, bro. That guy, <laughs> yo, he is a Cueca machine. <laughs> a Cueca master. Yo, he is, my man. Yo, he's he's filthy when it comes to that department. And it, look, I'll tell you, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not in the what, what was impressive about the one he did against um, Zenit. Zenit is how he rolls it forward. It wasn't like he's coming from the side. Like, you know, that one's easy. Like, but that for that's, that's this, yo, that one right there, that's like, <laughs> slap you in the face, get out of my way. That's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's the worst one. That's like, yeah, fuck. I think uh, one, of, one of the, the Spanish newspapers was reporting, and I saw this uh, as I was uh, as zapping through the channels and, and CMTV was on. One of the Spanish newspaper actually had a count on how many cuecas he had done at, at QPR. Oh, the guy of QPR, 150 cuecas in five games. Yeah, dude, in, in five uh, five, five years. Games, that'd be so. uh, <laughs> and uh, he uh, look, the guy's just he's just so 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 ultra talented. I'm glad to see him play. And by the way, you know, you might you might have him playing close to to closer to you sooner rather than later. You never know. There's a little rumor going around. I doubt it. Uh, anyway, uh, Jota did come on in the 90th minute uh, for Pizzi. Uh, so he is getting some minutes oh, off yeah. the bench here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah. 90th um, minutes. Go ahead, son. Make me proud. <laughs> at least, at least get uh, get that sweat going in the 90th minute. Uh, but but yeah, so, Samari's also uh, getting some minutes in Severovic and some minutes in this uh, Boavista game. But overall, I you know we kind of we were anticipating. Uh, that this Bovista game was going to be hard. Bovista has has had a, a decent campaign so far, and I think we're we're just over a third of the way of the league. Um, but uh, Benfica got the three points. Um, strong lineup. Nothing else that we could ask for. Dave, opinions, thoughts on the game? 
No, this was uh, the Benfica that uh, we should have seen against the the fifth place uh, second division club uh, earlier in the week. But uh, yeah, it, it just shocks me how night and day this team uh, plays from uh, one match to the next. But uh, hey, we can't complain with uh, this one. We got the three points. It was uh, pretty on the eyesight, and uh, we just move uh, move ahead to uh, the next match. Yeah, and you got some stats here on this game. You want to touch up on them? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Bruno Lage becomes the quickest manager in uh, the uh, Portuguese league history to reach 30 victories. It only took him um, uh, 32 matches. He only dropped uh, points to Porto. And uh, I believe it, well, there was a match there at the end of last season. But uh, yeah, he beat uh, Artur George's uh, previous record of, uh, and he needed 34 matches uh, to win 30 games. So uh, Lush is uh, continuing his dominance in the uh, Portuguese league. And uh, Vinicius also has uh, nine goals with PC now, and they're both tied for uh, top league goal scorer with uh, Vinicius uh, averaging a goal every 46 or over 46 minutes uh, in league play. So almost two goals per game. Yeah, and in, in turn, you have another one here that's that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. Of the the last uh, seven goals Benfica has conceded since the beginning of November, four of them have been headers. So uh, something to perhaps for the for the center backs to to work on. I know that Diaz and and, and Ferro especially um, have been decent, very very not not decent, very very good uh, Diaz especially. But I think that Ferro does a lot of things that go unnoticed. But certainly uh, giving up uh, goals on on headers should be something that they should be able to uh, to stop. Uh, what else, Gabriel? You already mentioned first game, first Liga Norge game, second of his Benfica career goal, a header. Not first, for sorry, first goal. Ricardo. Um, <laughs> uh, Cristiano Bruno Lage becomes the quickest manager in league history to reach thirty victories, thirty-two matches. Impressive. What do you make of that? Impressive. Beating up on all the monkeys, man. It's been impressive. Beating up on uh, on um, all the monkeys. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, it, it was it was impressive to the fact that we had an eight year, point deficit. Last year was impressive. And last we were year was able impressive, to, regardless. But, but so far, six win. What, what do we have? Uh, twelve wins in thirteen games. Twelve games in the twelve. We wins only played one team. Games. That's not Monk. Yeah. They, even they, even them, they might be monks. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but look, credit to him. This team, uh, this team has responded. Whether we play well or not, we get the, we get the, we get the dub, the three points. That's all that matters. Anyway, we're gonna make a challenge to our audience, to our listeners, uh, and hit us up, hit us up on on Twitter or hit us up on uh, on Facebook or or Instagram. And here's the the challenge, right? On a two aside uh, competition, who would you pick to be your partner? So uh, everyone, uh, only pick uh, one guy. Let us know. Yeah. Or you're gonna pick two guys. No, one guy. So one. It, it, let's say for for example, and feel free Ricardo Antunes. Feel free to throw me in, guys. Don't worry, I'm I'm available. Ricardo Antunes enters a two on two competition. Who does he pick to be his partner? I think he'd pick either Serginho, Serginho Garcia, Yoko, or Nuno Picado because he's in love with those guys. It's one or one or the other. Or or does he pick somebody from CNN that's used to doing fact checking? No, no, he's definitely gonna. I, I think he's been trying to get on Benfica FM for ten years now, even though they've been around for about two and a half. Um, I think he'd pick either Nunu or I know for a fact because we actually he actually came with us the day that both you and I participated in Conversas at Benfica. Who Sergio love you, but you're crazy for not having that program. Absolutely love that program. You should should bring it back. But he was in the house that day that they were recorded was. our episode with him, him. and Fleep, big Fleep. Big and, and Joao Manel, a couple of the guys, Roma. We had we had a nice yeah. crowd. We had a nice crowd. Yeah, but no. yeah, I think I think it's either Sergio or Nuno. I'm telling you. Yeah, so so hit us up and, and let us know who your uh who your partner would be for that two on two competition. And I'm talking about soccer. We're not talking about Pauco Zurs. How big is the field? What's Palco Zurs? Is that, is that a modalidade Benfica is involved in? Yeah. Jogar ao Palco Zurs. Are they in first place? They should be. Maybe, It's costing money. Benfica has the reputation. Who's feeding the, the reputation. Who's feeding the Urs? <laughs> Somebody's feeding the Urs. Um, anyway, uh, shifting uh, gears uh, to uh, Champions League match day six. Uh, Benfica hosted uh, Zenit at Stade Luz. Uh, starting lineup, basically... The same exact starting lineup that played against Boavista, Tomás Tavares again on the right, Gabriel Tarap in the middle. Uh, you know, 
I'll ask you this, Cristiano. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and maybe I should start asking Dave more questions. Um, oh, we've seen uh, different tandems in the midfield, right? We've seen Florentino, Gabriel. We've seen Florentino, Samaris. We've seen uh, Tarap with Gabriel now. What do you think, in terms of those tandems, what do you think that Tarap and Gabriel offer that the other two don't? Ball movement. Easy. The Benfica is able to rotate the ball and get the ball into spaces that the other guys aren't able to do. And as I've told you 50,000 times here, and some of you guys just choose not to listen or think I'm dumb, but Florentino is a phenomenal defensive player, but I've told you his game going forward is not much to be said there. And same thing with the, with Feja, same thing with Samadis. And the difference is now you have two guys that are actually players, two guys that create. And as PZ said in his press conference the other day, I heard it somewhere. I forget where, but PZ said it the other day. Um, I don't know if it was Muni because somebody told me um, that players, uh, Chiquinho and Vinicius, those guys, they enjoy playing with players such as um, Gabriel and Tarap because these guys could actually – you know, uh, needle put put a ball through a needle and, and and get the ball to where you need it to get. So it's 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 been very enjoyable to watch these two guys play. You know, they're two of my favorite players at Benfica, um, and it gives Benfica a lot more options. It creates a lot more options. And so now, when you're pressing Benfica, you have to you know be aware of both guys, not just one. Before it's like let's just press uh, Gabriel, press Gabriel, force him into into a mistake because. Dino is going to get the ball. He's going to give it to the side. He's going to pass it back. Or same thing with the other guys. There's no one else that poses a threat. And now it kind of leaves things a little bit, um, you know, uh, more complicated in the other, uh, for the opposition to defend in the middle in the middle of the field. Right. Yeah. Do you think that uh, losing a starting spot and, and even not making the bench now is impactful to Florentino or do you think he's just going to absorb it as a learning experience? Look, I, all I've heard about the kid is that he has the right attitude, right? So uh, I would like to think that he's taking this as a learning experience and an opportunity to get better um, and realize what his weaknesses are and hopefully improve. Now, that being said, you know, if, if he's taking this as uh, a knock or if he's, you know, kind of taking it the wrong way man you know you're in the wrong sport my man you're in the wrong sport you're still a very young player who hasn't accomplished very much at least compared to the guys on the field veterans who have been around um that's not the right attitude but i don't think he has that that attitude and i think he's going to look this as as an opportunity um to learn and uh come back stronger than ever he certainly seems very humble um from from what we know and, and you know you you've had the the pleasure to um To, to speak with him and, and to very briefly, but uh, I mean more than than yes. than any of us, yes. I, I would say. So certainly your, your observations and uh, and the time you spent with him, the brief time you spent with him, you you could share share a little uh, light on that as you as you have. Um, not a, in terms of playing in in in, in regard to this uh, Zenit game. In terms of playing, perhaps. Uh, Not a very flashy um, half by Benfica in terms of dominating football, but what what I did like is that Benfica finally came into a game playing at Stade Luz with the right attitude, with the chip on their shoulder, saying, "This is this is our house," um, and regardless of whether we needed to win this game or not, which they did, uh, it's it's a totally different attitude that the team carried into this game, Dave. Yeah, and it's shocking because this is the attitude we should have started the uh, the tournament uh, with. We hosted that first game against uh, Leipzig, and it was, uh, like I said before, a complete uh, night and day uh, scenario compared to how we played and how we came out uh, looking uh, in this match. A little bit of uh, too little too late uh, in this situation, though we ended up uh, squeaking out the, the result to get the Europa League spot. But uh, even if we go back to um, last game against Leipzig in, in Germany, too, if we, we hold on there, get the, the 2 nothing result or even the 2-1 result, we're looking at a completely uh, different scenario where we, we're going through to the Champions League uh, knockout stages. So 
we've seen this before with Benfica in uh, the Champions League, unfortunately, in years past. And it, it perplexes me to, to know why they, they come out uh, with these uh, makeshift lineups at the beginning of the uh, the tournament. And then at the end, we're, we're left scrambling and trying to make a, a, a good result to, to even have a chance to qualify for the Europa League. But... Hey, we pulled it off. We can't complain uh, about that, but uh, it could have been a lot better. That's for sure. Going into the Europa League, do you think that Laj has learned his lesson or there will be some more rotation to be had? I th- like the the management about uh, the management of the Leipzig game definitely falls on, on Laj, but I think the uh, rotation... I don't know if that falls on on him or not, to be honest, because we've had previous managers uh, at Benfica do the exact same thing uh, and use Europe as a, as a rotation game and get these other uh, bench players some some time on the field. So I don't know if that's that's coming from Lange or if that's coming from higher up. So I don't want to put the blame on him. Definitely, his uh, management of the Leipzig game falls on him because uh, there's you know, you don't have the president on the sidelines making those. Uh, decisions but yeah i'll hold my judgment and blaming Lodge on his uh his rotation in europe because we've seen it with previous managers as well what do you think does uh does he go with what we've had uh meaning strongest lineup against uh, both uh leipzig uh and um and zenit in the europa league or some more rotation time. Bro, this is simply no more, no less than what we've... When I say we, I mean Benfiquistas uh, who believe that this team can do more. This is no more, no less than what we've all asked for, which is we just wanted to see our strongest 11 feature out on the field rather than a bunch of kids and trying to showcase players. We wanted to see this attitude. We wanted to see the team... Go out and try to win the game, and in particular, that's tied the losers. Well, you know, at home you have to defend your ground at home, and and, and this game couldn't have gone any better for Benfica. Now, um, as far as the question is, you know, about fielding your strongest eleven in Europa League, I think you you're obligated to because if 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 those are not your intentions, you should have just packed it in and reset, concentrate on domestic uh, competitions. And reset it all up and come back next year and hopefully with with a stronger squad to to finally make it out of the group. Um, so, uh, but we saw we saw last year in the Europa League in Istanbul that, for example, where he fielded that that young lineup. A lot of those players were making yeah, their but, de- de- debut. Dave, times are different now. That was that was the first. That time, was the though. first. But that times were different, Dave. I think he did that and it worked out right, and he kept. Repeating it, and now we've seen that had Benfica at least try to put forth a better effort in these six games of the Champions League, Benfica could have very easily gotten out of this group, right? And I think now he's eating some crow, and that's why he keeps throwing the jabs and he, you know, throws jabs. I play, but but at the end of the day, whether it was from up top, I don't care where it was, you're the man in front, you're the face, you're the guy people are going to blame when things don't go well, right? Just like you get the praise, plenty of praise when things go well, you're going to get it when it doesn't go well. Now, I think he's learned that he can't just play Putus all day, right? And that's why you kind of saw the change from the Leipzig game to now to the Zenit game because, as I've said, us, the fans who demand this team to be uh, always putting forth their best effort, he's. I think that message came across because there's plenty of criticism for him by everyone. Um, and, and I don't think he'll repeat that, that same mistake again. I think that if guys are healthy, I think he's going to uh, play the best 11. Uh, and I hope that, that that's the case. I hope he does stick to that day. Because, again, last year, everything was going perfect for him. Today is different. Today he's, he's, he's gone through failure, and he's seen the criticism. I don't think he, he wants to repeat that. Yeah, I mean, look um... – Despite of all the success that he's had or that he had last season, we cannot forget that this is the first year that Brun Lage has been in charge of a senior A team. Um, so that there's definitely a lot of learning and lessons that to be had from him. And I think that this year was a huge uh, lesson for him in terms of, you know, how to approach these games, you know, what kind of game plan. And look, 
I don't believe that orders came from the top to to play. I, I don't subscribe to that, that orders came from the top, that you have to showcase these kids. Um, there's a lot of people that that believe that, that believe that Befica uses Europe as a shop window to uh, to show these to showcase these kids. I don't believe it. I think it was just a calculated risk on his part that went terribly wrong. And then he he wake up he wakes up for this Champions League a little bit too late. Um, the game against Leipzig definitely has to be on him. And certainly if he if he wins that game against Leipzig, we we're having another a different conversation here. But certainly it, I, I'm I have to think that you know if he watches Canal Panda, uh, which is it, it, Aside from being in, entertaining for kids, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. I never watched. It. He, he should. Me I should start. He, he should be learning uh, the lessons, uh, or he should be retaining the lessons that he's that he's learned from this uh, Champions League campaign. But but certainly, um, getting back into the game, locker room still tied. Befica needing two games, um, two goals uh, to to make it to the Europa League. I don't know what was said. Uh, at halftime, but certainly any game plan that was outlined uh, in the locker room at halftime seemed to uh, have worked for Benfica to perfection or to to not that Benfica didn't do enough to get there, but certainly uh, their efforts were rewarded uh, by things coming together. We've often said that when you come out of the locker room, it's important, especially uh, it's if it's a tight score, that it's important that you score within uh, the first uh, 15 minutes. And certainly two minutes into the half, Cervi, uh, fed by uh, Pizzi, was getting on a scoreboard. And, and certainly coming out a lot of the locker room, feeling more or less good about what you have done in the first half. But now seeing that, okay, we're going to make a push in the second half. Two minutes in, you get a goal. Uh, and then in the 58 minutes, still inside those 15 minutes, the handball, the, the deliberate handball in the, in the box, go, Zenit going down with, with, to 10 men, which doesn't always prove to be an advantage. But now Benfica are up 2-0 in the first 15 minutes of the second in the second half. So everything is going according to, and perhaps too well according to, uh, to plan uh, that was delineated at, at halftime, I'm thinking. Uh, but certainly... Going up to nothing that early gave Benfica some confidence, Dave. Yeah, they definitely did. They definitely came out of that uh, the halftime there with the uh, mentality to push forward, create chances, um, and they they got their chances there right at uh, within the first ten minutes of the uh, second half. Allowed them to um, a little bit of uh, breathing room and, and continue playing their their style. Not to mention uh, with the the handball, Zenit was playing with uh, a man less, so it was difficult for uh, Zenit to create any uh, any offensive chances going forward. Though be before Benfica gets their uh, third goal, uh, Vlacodimos makes a, an unbelievable reaction uh, save from a, a Zenit uh, cross from a corner, which at uh, 2-1 would have uh, left us out of Europa League. So... Big save by uh, Vlacodimos. And then uh, we go down the other end of the field. And uh, Vinicius uh, has a chance to to make it 3-0. Um, keeper or defender just gets a foot on it, creates the uh, corner kick. And then uh, from that corner, uh, the Senate defender puts it uh, top corner. And uh, we're up 3-0. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting... Um second half right because we went from being up to nothing and being pretty confident that we were going to make it as we we're looking at the result of the other game uh at one point right uh leipzig was uh was up to nothing so we're thinking with this result and us winning to nothing we're definitely going through um leon equalizes and then it turns to be Something a bit you get a little nervy. bit nerve wracking, wracking towards the last right. ten minutes, even after going up three zero, because now a goal knocks yeah. you out of the competition once again. And and that save by Vlacodimus, as David mentioned, that could have been the nail in Bifiga's coffin. And we cannot underplay how important Vlacodimus has been for Bifiga this season. It's been spectacular. Uh, yeah, for, from look, beginning of the season, rewind the tape. Uh, Benfica looking for another goalie. The whole Perin thing. 
but here he is. Here's Vlako Dimus uh, so far this season, and he has proven to come out big, big, big on a lot of games for Benfica. He's kept Benfica in a lot of games. On Is there still an argument for Benfica to bring in goalie to compete for the starting job and, and you know and, and it speaks to his professionalism because obviously he knows that Benfica was trying to shop uh for a new keeper and when you're talking about a guy like Matias Perin he wasn't coming to Benfica to be a substitute so going through that understanding that and then still battling through that and coming out of it and playing as well as he's played so far this year I mean that talks to his professionalism talks to his attitude um, just an exceptional job by him to get through that. I don't know if uh, many other guys uh, would have gone through all that noise at, like he's like he's done so far. Yeah, and and from a mental aspect, you got to think that something like that affects you. But no, he he, he kind of uh, he shut everything out and he kept working hard and and his hard work is paying off. Uh, I think that the his foot game, his feet game, his foot foot game. Footwork, footwork, yeah. footwork has definitely improved in terms of being able to play out of the back with his feet. Has definitely improved. I've seen an improvement out of there. He is a great shot stopper. He's perhaps not the best coming out of uh, out of his out of his box or up in the out air line, to, uh, yeah. to get uh, crosses, but shot stopper and his his uh, footwork has definitely uh, has improved. And he's still a young keeper. So kudos to him to. Um, to say f all that noise, I'm just going to continue working and prove that I'm your guy, and he certainly has proven that. I, I don't think at this moment Benfica even needs to go to the market. Do you think that uh, Benfica needs to go to the market, Dave? Not for a keeper. There's definitely other positions that uh, we should definitely look at the market, but uh, at this point, if it ain't uh, broken, uh, don't fix it. He's doing a wonderful job there, and he's kept us in uh, a lot of games as well. So. Reward them. Don't need to uh, put any other extra pressure or controversy. Leave it as it is. Yeah. So uh, three nothing for Benfica. Benfica would get their third goal uh, from an own goal. So even even with with that respect and knowing how the 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 second half went, uh, things kind of went Benfica's way. And and we often talk about a team getting breaks when they need them, and certainly. Uh, Benfica got some breaks in this game. Not that they didn't do enough to deserve those breaks, but sometimes you do a lot and you don't get those breaks. So it's good to, to see when when things uh, go your way. Certain certainly that that penalty was something that played in, into our favor, giving us that second goal and kind of having the team relax after the second goal because that's all we needed. Uh, and then playing against ten men and being able to kind of manage the game. Uh, in terms of possessing the ball, in terms of keeping the ball, playing at home, playing with the fact that uh, the, whatever um, whatever fans were there, and, and it wasn't a, a very good uh, a very good attendant game, but whatever fans were there, we're gonna get behind the team, uh, and, and perhaps not the the same support the level of support that we saw at the Bessa uh, just a few days prior. But certainly, uh, when a team is is winning and is qualifying for the Europa League, certainly there's going to be some support um, from the fans. So uh, we close out this uh, this Champions League uh, campaign for Benfica, and, and certainly, um, I think that everybody's is of the the same opinion. Uh, this 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 attitude, this seriousness of of going into these games and understanding what you need to be doing in terms of your reputation in Europe in terms of your reputation as a club. You need to take these competitions um, more serious. I think that everybody's on agrees with that, um, but it's a little too late. And I think that that is the, that is the overall feeling of the fans is that it came too late. This, this should have been something that was done from the, the onset. And, and I'm not saying that Benfica would have gone deeper uh, into the knockout stages of the Champions League, but certainly uh, that money does help. And, and also the recognition and the reputation um, it tends to, to grow in terms of making it into the, to the next round. Yeah, but stop it. Stop it. All right. Why? That's in the Champions League, not in Europa League. Stop it. No, no, no. All right, come on. Stop pulling your, you know, a hat over my eyes. No, stop. if stop. if we go further into the Champions League, that's stop what I'm saying. You're still, you're still going to, there's still 
until you do it in the Champions League, advance, get out of the group in the Champions League, and then maybe even get past, you know, uh, the first round knockout stage. Then, then, then we'll, but stop it, stop it, stop it. And nobody cares, and and nobody cares. But even making it in the knockout stages of the of the Champions League is still an accomplishment. Would you agree? The knockout, yeah, of the Champions League. Yes. Well, that's Not, what I'm saying. Well, I thought you talking about Benfica being able to get out and go into Europa. No. Oh. Okay. I'm saying that if we had approached this competition the way we approached this last two games, we're getting into the knockout stages. 100%. I'm sorry. I mis I misunderstood you. Which yes. I mean Europa League Europa League I mean what what is the, the I, I perception saw, of the I Europa League? I saw too much euphoria. <laughs> I saw too much excitement no. of people like look at the end of the day it was good to win in a game in the Champions League our fourth victory in our last 19 19 games. It's good to stay it in was, Europe. It was good to it was <laughs> it was good to win a game in it all in the Champions League. All right, make 2.6 million euros. Uh, or dollars, whatever. I don't. I'm not sure. I know it's 2.6, whatever. Um, they pay you in Swiss francs because that's where UEFA is at. Ricardo Antunes, fact check that. So yeah, that's 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 the positive. They were able to win a game in the Champions League. Okay. Yeah. Let's just leave it. So uh, Europa League draw happens this Monday. We Benfica won't find out um, who they will be playing until this Monday. But what they did find out was that with today's results of the Champions League, that Benfica will be one of the seeded teams in the draw. Yes, please make sure Benfica gives us to all send Cristiano Ronaldo a fruit basket because apparently not only the Ronaldo, but also Bernardo. The Portuguese newspapers don't let you forget that his goal is what helped Benfica ultimately be a Cavissa de Seti. So make sure everybody sends him a fruit basket, some tanning oil, whatever. Uh, but he's, <laughs> he's accepting it. Just don't try to get a selfie with him. He's not in the mood for selfies. Like baby oil. Um, how do you think uh, Cristiano Ronaldo feels about that? The fact that his goal helps Benfica. Is he even looking at that? I, I don't think he cares. You know who cares, though? I think he just wants to score. He the Lord, Lourdes uh, cares. The Lourdes might care. I bet it, <laughs> but if the goal is going to, you know, uh, benefit his Dolores, mom or... or yeah. un gol Benfica. He just look, Ronaldo, say what you want. The guy wants to score all the time. So I don't think he gives a crap who it benefits or it doesn't. So anyway, we'll, 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 we'll find out uh, who Benfica will play on Monday uh, when the draw happens. Can't wait. Oh my God. Um, Dave, anything I missed uh, off of uh, off of your stats here for uh for Zenit? Uh PT, 16th goal of the uh, season already, so he's uh, broken a uh, career best for him. Uh, with his penalty against uh, Zanit. Uh, Benfica equals their previous uh, best scoreline in the current format of the Champions League with a 3-0 defeat against uh, Zanit that had uh, previously been done in 2006. Victory. Against the, yeah, 3 or sorry, 3-0 three no, three uh, defeat. Or they defeated Zanit. There you go. But uh, yeah, 3-0 victory uh, previously done against Celtic. So Woo. goes to show you that uh, we have, haven't much, haven't had much success uh, in this uh, Champions League uh, with the current format, uh, and then also uh, with this uh, being Benfica's seventh time that they've qualified for the uh, Europa League by finishing third in the group stages. Um, they had pre all previous other times they had qualified for at least the quarterfinals of the Europa League. So let's see what they do uh, this time around. We're going to have to break here and say goodbye to our friends at Radio Stadio. <laughs> Just kidding. Radio Wallo. Let, let, let's, let's, Radio Wallo. <laughs> let, let's turn our attention now to uh, Famalicão, uh, which comes up uh, this uh, Saturday at Stadio Luz, 6 p.m. local. Dave, what's, what's Famalicão up to? It, it's been quite impressive so far. Yeah, for sure. They're currently sitting third uh, this year uh, after just being promoted from the first division. Uh, first time in, back in the Primeira Liga since 93-94. Uh, already taken points away from uh, Sporting, Guimarães and Braga, having uh, beaten Sporting and drawn against the other two uh, clubs. Uh, their current form, though, coming into this game, uh, only one win, two draws, and uh, two defeats. And their last two uh, defeats coming back-to-back -back against uh, Porto Menes and uh, Tondela. So not the top form, but they definitely uh, started off the season on the right foot. Uh, we're leading uh, we're the uh, leaders at one point, but now uh, dropped down to third. 
Yeah, this is a team that has scored 11 goals, but they've also conceded 11 goals. It's is probably one of the, it probably, I think, top five worst defenses uh, in the league for a fourth place team. A fourth, no, third place. Team. Third, third. Or third place. What I want to know is when they're going to change their name from Family Cunt to George Mendes. Yeah, there, there's foreign money in that, right? Mendes, Not only Mendes, Mendes but had, somebody else is involved in that, yeah, right? Mendes has a lot of guys on loan there from, from, Atletico Madrid and uh, Valencia and I believe uh, Chelsea. They they're doing a good job. What, good what, young team. They're doing a good job. What are your expectations for this game? Four zero. Ya sabes cuál es un zero. Que di que cuatro. Four zero for Benfica. No no. <laughs> claro. Four zero for Benfica. Hey, what do you what do you Easy think crazy. in terms of this? Yeah. It's at home, so I think it. I think we're gonna have uh, an easier uh, match with it being at home. So. Yeah, four, four, nothing. Maybe even a five, five, one, five, nothing. Yep. I think we're scoring a lot of goals here tonight. Full power is in effect for both of you guys. Full power. It seems to be working uh, on the field and in the bedrooms with this uh, this team. So <laughs> good call, Dave. <laughs> good call. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's for Malikon. That happens after that. Um, one last thing before uh, before we go. One of our one of our listens, Nazir Ismail, and I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing um, that um, that name. He had asked um, if if Dave could look up uh, how many goals Benfica uh, have scored between the 45th and 60th, 45th and 60th minute. It seems that uh, Benfica scores a lot of goals, and Dave has that breakup. Dave, you don't just just give the breakdown of of uh, the minutes and how many goals have been scored between those minutes. Yeah, for sure. So Benfica scored 55 goals this season across all competitions. Uh, between the first and the 25th minute mark, Benfica's only scored five goals in that uh, time span. Between the 26th minute mark and uh, the 45th minute mark, Benfica scored nine goals. Uh, then going down in the second half here, between the 46th and the 69th minute, 20 goals scored. And uh, 70th minute uh, to the 90th minute, another 20 goals scored. So 40 of uh, Benfica's 55 goals have been scored in the second half uh, this season. Yeah. But between the 45th and 60th minute, 20 goals, which equals the other uh, the other uh, max, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So Dave working extra hard this week to get all those stats back. And and, and thank you for uh, for your interaction and, and your question. Certainly uh, very, very interesting. Uh, Cristiano, what does that what does that say against Benfica? That usually the halftime talks, regardless of the team, seem to work. Hey, finally, it's something that that wasn't the case with Rui Vitória. Now you see that they come out of the locker room. Uh, maybe everyone shares their story of how they got their wives pregnant. Spirits are lifted, and everybody comes out. In speaking of uh, speaking of sharing stories, have you seen the video of Florentino's proposal uh, proposal to his uh, to his girlfriend? Yeah. That's 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 quite a production there. It was a little weird. It was definitely weird. Were they at a restaurant? Or was that the it, house? It, it seemed that they were at the restaurant. At a restaurant, like in a private room. No, Finin. with dancers around. Yeah, like in a private room, like. Yeah, let, let me set the scene. Weird. They're they're sitting at the table. Uh, both that's him usually where you sit for dinner. <laughs> both him and well, and it could have been at the restaurant, standing at the bar. So him and his his girlfriend are sitting at the table with the rest of the family, and in come all these. Girls uh, wearing black shorts, if I recall correctly, uh, and a white T-shirt. And in the back of the T-shirt, there was each one of them had letters. And they're going about just dancing, dancing and turning around and, and everything. And then they finally line up line to up the points that they're back. The, the, the question is. But the, but the girl wasn't really paying attention to it. They kind of had to ask her to turn around and look at it. And he comes out with a balloon. The balloon pops the balloon. Ring drops on the floor. <laughs> anyway, people are really hey, getting getting creative with these both on gender reveals as well as uh, as wedding. I'm as, much, I, I would have much rather him score a goal, an important goal, and then go to the camera. me. That would have been a much nicer proposal. <laughs> Have a T-shirt that yeah, said that, yeah. but he doesn't really score goals. I know, but that's why I said I would have liked it better if he did score an important goal. He would have been immortalized. Yeah, if we, he ever did that. But then again, you know how many women would show up at his house? Like, because <laughs> me, they'd all take that as an invite. Yeah, you never know who is that. Uh, who that's aimed at? Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, that's all we got this week. Next week, we'll be back on Tuesday. Benfica will play Braga for the Taça de Portugal on Wednesday. So we'll be back on um, Tuesday. Uh, don't forget to uh, check us out on Twitter at Benfica Podcast at 10CO10 at 87DO87. BenficaPodcast.com. Also, our friends over at, uh, and we're very happy to be part of it, BenficaIndependent.com. They have been doing some post-game uh, interviews of fans at Stadio Luz. They did it against um, Maritimo, and they did it now against uh, Zenit. Don't forget to check out the, the webpage and also their YouTube channel, where you can also find Time Added On. We put out a Time Added On this past uh, Thursday. Don't forget to check out uh, me and Cristiano in uh, in all our all our glory, I guess, if, if you want to call it that. Thank you very much. Um, talk to you again next week. Later, everyone.